This morning's Dharma talk is titled The Mind Bully. The Mind Bully. So it's just a way of talking about something we've talked about uh, over the years and it's all over in the Buddhist uh, teachings, Yogacara tradition of talking about uh, ways of dividing up the consciousness so into parts or sections or activities or functions so that we can better understand uh, con uh, consciousness actually is not separated. It's not, it functions in separate ways in more discrete ways, but the six sense fields are, uh, are cooperating uh, with the five skandhas, uh, form, feeling, perception, concept, uh, the other four in order to rectify, realize, re, Recruit, re, re embezzle. Anybody? You know what I'm saying. I mean, you can just. There's all kinds of uh, things you can say about it. But what it is is a. It's an illusion. It is unreal, and it is so unreal that uh, we believe it. It's so unreal because the unreality of it, if you look at it, is frightening to any kind of self-centeredness, any kind of mind bully that wants control, that doesn't want to be afraid and that's just uh, can start uh, in a human being very when they're very young it can start uh, centuries ago as we know as you've heard me talk about your this lifetime is just part of it uh, it's the part you just like you're not aware when you're sleeping of that you're laying in a bed in a, with a room with a pink ceiling but when you wake up there there's that pink ceiling again and it happens over and over and over again and you're only really astonished by that when you're a child you realize you're still here. And then you, when you're very young, you say, what is it that's actually here? You might not have words for it, but there's that kind of uh, fundamental or could call it a descriptively, at least a childish curiosity about what, what is this? And then we cover that up with our, what our stupid teaching. When I say stupid, I mean that not as a judgment, but as uh, judgmental, stupid. It's a cover-up. I mean, we, we don't want to see it. It's like just like a, a, the a metaphor there sometimes is the pig just snuffing along, even though the pig, pigs are pretty smart animals. They're just snuffling along, just interested in what's being pushed up by their snout or what they're uncovering. So so the cooperation there between uh, the five skandhas and the co cooperation there between uh, the six sense fields uh, between uh, uh, seeing, smelling, tasting, hearing, feeling, thinking, all of that is, a, is a, an incredible collaboration orchestrated by uh, the, the sixth consciousness, which kind of just kind of synchronizes that so that the hand holding the, the frying pan and the uh, other hand that's, that's stirring uh, refried beans and the nose that is smelling those refried beans, which I'm doing right now uh, through memory, which is another aspect we can talk about. And then, and then we taste, is it, is it good? Is it, does it need something else? Does it need more, uh, what do you put in refried beans? Paprika? So that, that synchronization is astonishing. It, we actually don't get confused even though the consciousness is discontinuous. We continually bring it together with ideas, concepts, opinions, and the thinking process, the fourth skanda of that chimes in with the feeling and perception. I like it. I don't like it. It's pretty good. It's not bad. It's getting better. It needs more of this, more of that. That's that spontaneous uh, communication and uh, agreement uh, is very, very functional and works extremely well in some people and some and some people certain certain aspects of that are more insightful or more intuitive or even more balanced some people can dance i mean everybody can dance but some people look really funny when they're dancing because it's obvious they don't know what rhythm is or they have their their uh, joints only move in one direction <laughs> 
So this is a, the first sense consciousnesses uh, up to the six. That's the, the coordinator of the whole thing. It gives us the impression there's someone, some solid separation of uh, being. And then, of course, the, the, the first skanda is the body. The body is the main anchor of all that. The rest of the other, the other uh, consciousnesses are all uh, uh, have no, no um, dimensionality, particularly somewhat, but very little. They, they get their dimensionality from uh, how something looks, the, the projection, the imputation that there's something else because they can see it over there. But we don't realize, uh, we, we flash on it, we know it, but we don't stabilize in not separate. And, and the reason we don't is because that's, that over there is so damn convincing, the otherness. And then when that otherness actually talks to you, that's even more convincing. That is my friend. That is my enemy. That's my wife. That's my daughter. That's my dog. That's my president or whatever. On and on and on. It's, it's an incredible uh, a feast of confusion that is created by what? The basic difficulty here is fear. And it's fear of death fundamentally or fear of the other kinds of death, which are criticism from others. Notice how sensitive we are to that. Even people that are being friendly to us, even our Dharma teacher, if they say something negative to you. I only see two people smiling. The people in here, are you smiling? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Three. Okay. So the seventh consciousness, which we're just breaking this down into what, how it's functioning. The seventh consciousness seems to be, according to the Yogacara teachings, and this shows up in uh, the works of Vasubandhu and all over the place, basically. I'm not going to go into all the places it can show up because I don't have them memorized. memorized. But what seems to happen in that seventh, which I'm, which I'm referring to as the mind bully, is that seems that's an area that uh, Trungpa Rinpoche characterized as a, the paranoid, the paranoid aspect of that's on the lookout for this or that. And of course, in ancient times, this worked pretty well to keep uh, uh, keep us on the run away from the, the big putty cat. We call a Bengal tiger. You don't want to get near those guys. So we the conditioning that comes in, you know, uh, but it gets overdone in terms of how we live, depending on the culture that we're in. Uh, some cultures are very supportive of, of, the, uh, of the otherness not being separate, of the other person not being someone else, being an aspect of our own situation, which is, if it's healthy, it's called a society or a culture. And some cultures relatively are pretty healthy from a relative point of view. Ultimately, it's pretty hard to have that. Not impossible. Even Trung Rinpoche talked about enlightened society. It's like, you know, it's a nice idea. <laughs> It's an excellent idea. It's the best idea. Work on that. So sometimes I say, you've heard me say, and heard other, others say that, that what that the, those uh, beings, those people who are the most afraid and the most fearful are the ones that have no idea they're, they're fearful, like we were talking about this morning. They have no idea because why? Because they're so covered up. They, they, they use so many different devices. Uh, you know, Stalin's fear was, uh, was covered up by, well, anybody that can actually starve millions of people, this was his, you know, must have some kind of power. Must be some, must be pretty protected. You know, probably was quite surprised when he passed away. Literally, literally astonished. I'm, I'm actually going to die. Death comes without warning, and it's totally natural. If you think that death is something that shouldn't be happening, you've got some work to do. And if you think that death is something that should be happening, you've got some work to do. Take no position. And how do you do that? You notice how you cling to positions. Even clinging to Buddhism is a misunderstanding. We need something. We need some forms. I've got one here. I've got one here. We're in a room full of forms, and we use those forms intelligently. In other words, uh, no plans, no plan to protect anything or everything. That doesn't mean that you're not careful, that you don't 
do planning, but you do planning not based on fear, but a ba based on your awareness of the causes and conditions that are going this way and that way. And if you have any opinions, ideas, conjunctions, uh, collaborations in terms of your your sense, uh, your fear, then it, you, you, things will be covered up. How do you know they're covered up? You don't. That's why it's called a cover-up. If, if you know it's a cover-up, then you wouldn't do it. And, and what is the, the fundamental situation that is difficult here is the, the uninspected and assumed belief that there is someone, and this is the seventh consciousness, there is someone who's in danger. There is someone who's getting ahead. There's someone who's a monk. There's someone who's a Dharma teacher. There's someone who's, who's a Christian, Jew, Muslim, indigenous uh, person, shaman, any of those, uh, princess, royalty. It's, there's, we use them. They're all over the place. So that aspect, to uh, go back to the, the name uh, of, the, of the Dharma talk, mind bully, I'm just using that. I mean, you could call it anything. Almost. But the idea uh, that what I wanted to address and respond to questions about. I don't keep track of anything. Don't control anything. What am I going to say? Does that mean, oh, I don't even have to meditate anymore? Yes, you do. At some point, the boundary between what feels like meditation and what feels like post-meditation vanishes. I'm not the first one to say that. And when I first heard it, I, I had ideas about how that would look. You can't see how that would look. You won't even know if that happens. If you do, it hasn't happened yet. Because you think there's a happener that it's happening to. I'm not accusing you of anything. Does it look like I am? <laughs> so the idea is to support what I'm, the reason I'm here, the idea is I want to support you, whoever you're, you are, whoever you're listening. If you already know what I'm pointing to, then why even tune in? Or you could tune in just to be supportive of other people who have not uh, discovered, realized their true nature, which is not an actual materialistic mundane realization like, aha, I I didn't know that. Now I like Johnny Carson. She used to say, "I did not know that." Remember that, you elderly people? I did not know that. You see, it stylized that to the form of people would just roar when he said that. It took a few years. So the mind bully is just that. There's some aspect of the mind, and it doesn't act in this in the way necessarily of somebody just being mean to somebody else, or mean to their society, or mean to their employees, mean to their family, to their spouse their community or to the different uh, um, people with different colored skin, different backgrounds and so on. It doesn't mean just that. It's also the bully that goes in. You bully yourself. You might not be particularly harming anyone out in the world in a way that is particularly noticeable. Did you know there were that many consonants in particularly? Watch what moves all the time. When I say don't discriminate, you might have to see the way you keep discriminating. You keep trying to find some kind of an access point of what is this about? You don't need to know. What do you need to know? Find out. Shoka. Shoka Bang. Is the paranoia of the seventh consciousness different from fear? That's the way it might show up, like actual fear of fear of being uh, taken advantage of, fear of someone breaking into the house, those kinds of fear, that comes out of, that is, uh, as I understand it, uh, operates out of some aspect of the, se of the seventh consciousness, which is traditionally broken down into three, four different ways, and I never can remember them. But one of them is, is a pride of self, or uh, everything refers to this. We, we can't see the, the situation out there that that is not, doesn't have some kind of extreme suction coming towards me, 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 and my stuff, my ideas, my protection, what's valuable, what's not valuable, what I think, what I don't think. So it shows up in different ways. And, uh, and sometimes it shows up in a way that it's, it's so covered up by anger or it's so covered up by rage that you don't even know that, that that's what's being held down or smothered or modified or unacknowledged as the actual texture of the way it shows up as it is. More. When fear shows up as pride, 
what are the hidden aspects of that? So there's several ways that that works, but the main one that shows up is uh, a kind of condescension uh, that that you don't you don't really see that it's condescension. You actually feel like you feel sorry for people. Feeling sorry for people is not compassion. That's a highly relative uh, uh, energy or direction or aspect of consciousness that is motivated by self-centeredness. More? Shokabang, when I woke up this morning, it seemed like there was pride that was being covered up by fear, but I hadn't interacted with anybody. So is that other dimension still functioning? Yes. So just don't, you, you came to some kind of conclusions about that, but I wouldn't do anything else with it. Don't, don't disturb it by pushing it and don't, don't disturb it by grabbing it and trying to squeeze some understanding out of it. More? Is that what you were doing? <laughs> How does one not do that? You see, yeah, very good. Excellent. You, you actually see the way you do that. Oh, it's, it's a, it is a, without going too far into using this word, but a little bit, it's a witnessing quality that don't meddle with your own consciousness. Because if you meddle with your own consciousness, then at some point that will shut down and that meddling will start to focus on others. It's a lot easier to meddle with others because you're, you know who you are. So you would watch, uh, more? So you would watch that in, in your, you would watch the way that operates in, uh, in whatever dynamic you're in, in your your job and your coworkers, with your family, with your son, your daughter, uh, your sangha members, your dharma brothers and sisters, your uh, teacher, you would just watch the way that moves. Don't stop it. Don't start it. Don't. Some some meditation teachers give you um, ways of calming down, ways of staying awake. Enough. I mean, there's all kinds of. Uh, manipulation of to make you into a better meditator, a more aware person. Um, if you're listening to me, you don't need that kind of instruction. Anything that happens is everything that happens in the mind stream is, uh, is the words of the Buddha. Everything. There isn't anything but Buddha. If you think there is, you'll spin and suffer and you'll look for what? Something else. Or you'll run away from that or run to that. Or go ahead. Do I sound glib? What does glib mean? <laughs> I often use words I have no idea what they mean. Like polymorphous perverse. What does that mean? Contemplate that for the next three days. Get back to me. <laughs> Are there questions here in the, in the Zendo? Soko, Soko oh. N. I get the N's and O's. Soko N. You know, it's deliberate, you know that. Right? It's deliberately, I deliberately named you. I didn't just offhand name you. Now you can ask your question. <laughs> you say um, to see the way we do that. Yes. Pushing or pulling. Yes. It, it seems like um, in trying to see that, it, it's not something I'm doing. It feels more like something just kind of creeping yeah that's that yeah seemed? yeah you're just nothing lasts but if you do anything with it it tends to stabilize in that particular dynamic just like that's how ignorance works if you do anything with it if you have some kind of idea about you want something else you want something different you don't care for this it's not you don't have to get rid of how you feel but just don't necessarily act out of how you feel to cover it up act out of how you feel to Turn the volume down, act out of how you feel to blame someone, blame yourself, or don't, don't do anything with it. Because what's happening there is you are contributing to dependent origination uh, by just, and so, uh, dependent origination, Pratita Samapada is happy to have your whole ego uh, choo-choo train move right in because you're just functioning in line with dependent origination. But it is fired by a centrality called ego that thinks he, she, they know something about something else and you don't. That's why ignorance and awakening are not two different things. If you realize this, there's no death. I'm not saying you won't die, but who you are can't die because it is not as classically 
iterated down through the centuries by those who are sometimes called smart people or sages, uh, what, isn't, what isn't born can't die. So it's not some kind of uh, complicated uh, uh, math problem. Uh, question from Shane in Virginia. How do you work with situations where you get mad at people for things they haven't done yet? Meditate more, especially you, Shane. I can't, I'm just surprised you would ask me such a question. It's a good question. So I'm mocking you a little bit, but not, not actually because we, that's, that's awareness when you see that you're actually upset with somebody uh, that they might do that. There might be something they typically do, but they're not doing it right now, but yet we're mad at them, which I think I'm tracking a little bit what you're asking about. And that, that is uh, the teaching part of that is showing you you're projecting that onto them. It doesn't mean they didn't do it. It doesn't mean that relative truth isn't in your face. Fire burns, water gets things wet. Water is not wet, just in case you think I forgot. So, so we don't, but it's when we align ourselves with that as somebody else is doing it. So the downside of that is what you're, what you have to feel or go through with it. So it's difficult, but the upside of it is uh, that's, that's a, a lot closer than, than uh, to actually realize you're getting mad at some, someone when there's no trigger particular particularly so that way you realize you're you're self-triggering on their behalf even though they haven't done anything and that allows you to continue the the basic uh, misunderstanding which is there are separate beings there are no separate beings goes on you said that everything that arises in mind is buddha in that scroll it says mind is the buddha same thing what is what is mind? Buddha. More? What's Buddha? Mind. Let's keep going. That's, you can go a long ways there. That's, what is mind and Buddha? Yeah. Empty. Empty. To use you're putting you're putting something together and then I'm what? Using a concept, taking it apart. But we there's no way you can know what it is. Knowing implies Something, and then we, someone who knows it. So in the conventional materialistic mundane sense, but in the ultimate sense, you don't get rid of anything, but you don't see anything else. The elseness is gone. It doesn't mean that you, you're going to walk in front of a, of a snowplow because you're not separate from anything. It's not that idealistic kind of uh, coming together of some kind of a profound understanding. Philosophers do a lot of that. If you study philosophy, if they have no, if there's no mind training, uh, really highly brilliant, intelligent, way more, <laughs> saying the least, uh, way more smart than I am, can come to conclusions that are profound and have far-reaching consequences. Uh, if you enter into that or listen to someone speak about things, there's several people on the internet who they seem like they're pretty smart, but they're not realized. Shoto. Shoto bowing. When that bullying aspect is already hooked up to an apparent other. Yes. How can we see the internal bullying that's going on? Persistence. Just persist. You're asking the question because I assume some some assumption here that you're you're having difficulty seeing that. I would say just persist. That's why it's called a path. Uh, it actually isn't a path, but there has to be a path or a provisional situation for us to even do this. Otherwise, why would we sit down and look at a wall? There has to be some kind of inspiration to even do that. So you have to meet someone or you have to meet a teaching, Buddha, Dharma, some teaching, or possibly community where you, maybe one of the three, maybe all three, maybe two of them, eventually all of those are seen as not being separate. And, and then you then you start to awaken within. There's no awakener. No one's doing this. But it starts out that way. It starts out provisionally. Train your mind. I even say, train your mind. And then I wait for a, a kind of question like, mind, Buddha, what is Buddha, what is mind? And then 
and then you crowd me into a corner where I have to say empty. <laughs> Darn. I couldn't say something more profound than empty. Go ahead. Is that outward bullying different than the internal bullying? Well, you know, bullying someone else or bullying yourself. I think they're very similar. They might look a lot different. They might be handled a lot, a lot different. The, the outward one is more, uh, it's just more obvious that you're doing that, but you can go inward. Yeah, go ahead. Does that outward activity just need to stop before I can start to see it this way? How big of a bully are you? Six three. Six three is pretty big. Yep. So um, again, it's situational. I mean, I, 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 it's a good question, but it's very situational. I would say, insofar as you can, don't push on anything. Don't necessarily go in and try to stop that activity too soon. That doesn't mean you should. If you're alcoholic, you should hang around with the alcohol all the time to test yourself or to prove how strong you are. Doesn't mean do that. Doesn't mean go the other direction. You don't need proof. What you need is when I say what you need to do is to stop covering up your Buddha nature. And how do you do that? You whatever's moving, watch it. If it's the bully activity, you may have to watch that. You may have to watch the energy of that arise before you actually. Sometimes I say before you hook up your vocal cords or your fist, or you know, not you're going to hit somebody, but. I don't like that. That shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't have done that. You you do that occasionally. You know you do. Isn't that correct? You're you're what's called a a powder puff bully. Yeah. <laughs> See everyone in here is grinning. They all know this guy. <laughs> Sangha. It's good to have people around who can see the stuff that you can't quite see and that the teacher points out and uh, you reinterpret. So you want to know what's really happening? Sangha. Looks like a bunch of people. Perhaps not. Juju. A question from Kiyosaku. How can we better differentiate between bullying and to us or others being oversensitive? It's a good question, but just practice, sit down, hold still, train the mind, and do a lot of it. I sometimes I hesitate to say how much I feel is required, but a lot. I'm not saying you can't make some progress, to use the relative word, of looking into this by sitting an hour a day or something like that. It's probably going to take a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. A couple of questions from Shoshi. What do you mean by contributing to dependent origination? <laughs> Good one. Well, it's a it's it's a contribution of sorts, but it's actually you actually are not a separate being, whether you think so or not. And so, therefore, the uninspected uh, uh, aspect of the mind looks like looks like um, you're making choices. You are not making choices. You're dependently risen. Does this mean fate? No, that's the way the relative world handles this. Was well, it fated or do I have free will? And I'm being sarcastic because that's how it sounds. People will not. They want to do either or. What is it, free will? Or is it, you know, as if there can't be, what, a middle way? Which even, even a middle way is extra. So, Shoshi, you need to face the wall. When I say that, you know what I'm saying. You need to, that's how you will... That's how you understand that, that what you're asking about there uh, fundamentally. It was Shoshi, wasn't it? His next question. <laughs> how okay. does someone contribute to emptiness? Well, they're not separate from it. But if you don't realize it, then, then you will go back and forth between this and that, right and wrong, up and down, full and empty, full and empty. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that this guy's enlightened, but those people over there, they're nuts. But all that does is contribute to the Coney Island of the mind, according to Lawrence Ferlinghetti. So when, when someone asks a question about emptiness, uh, that's a, that is a profound concept that uh, Shunyata, that is, is not, 
uh, there are whole organizations that make that their final teaching, uh, that, that that's it. And that's a misunderstanding. There is no final teaching. If you fi finalize anything, you've, you've bought into some kind of uh, 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 circularity that makes enlightenment look like something else. I'll take one here and then I'll see if there's anyone here. A question from Semi in Portland. Semi. Is all the passion and aggression just distraction from death? Yeah, you could say that. Be a way of saying it. I think it's more, you could elaborate a lot more, but if you wanted to generalize, pushing, pulling, shutting down uh, creates enough, enough disturbance in, uh, in the human realm, in the six realms, or any of the realms to, to, to uh, along with dependent origination, to make, create the illusion that there's somebody when it's just, a, it's just a dust devil. It's there, it's moving, it's full of uh, leaves or debris or different aspects of that, of that uh, appearance, but fundamentally empty of someone. Any questions uh, uh, on the, uh, in the Zoom line there? Mark, can you see anything or do you have a question? No, I, 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 there's two in the chat box. Thank you. Um, first is uh, Sharon. I can see how mem how memory serves us, but how does it serve us? But how does it serve us? Bowing. So the interesting thing about memory is you'll notice that you can't remember what you forgot. And uh, but if you could remember what you could remember, you wouldn't be able to do anything. You're, you would just there'd be just too much stuff. Wasn't there somebody not too long ago who could remember everything? They never forgot anything. And I don't think they can get, even get off the couch. So, uh, and it's, it's very situational. So the memory, and I'm not telling you anything that's so profound and uh, uh, spiritual, but it's just, uh, it just has a, a dynamic that collects this and hangs onto this. And quite often, sometimes the memory doesn't make any sense why you're remembering what happened when you were three years old. You remember vividly what your mom said or what happened in a particular situation. Uh, and then other things that happened three days ago or something, especially if you get older than the, as we all know, the short-term memory starts to uh, collapse. But it's just an aspect of consciousness that, that tends to collect. Uh, traditionally, it's referred to as the Alevijnana, of uh, that aspect of consciousness where nothing is forgotten. Uh, you can even, uh, if you're familiar with uh, hypnosis, uh, you can actually hypnotize someone and call out a particular time in their life and and go into that and find out exactly what happened there and they'll they'll remember everything in detail so nothing is fundamentally forgotten if it shows up as a form in consciousness it's just that you don't have access to all of that but in in uh, deep consciousness or what's commonly called hypnosis i call it deep consciousness uh all of that is accessible but do you want to access that you might want to just look at the wall look at your kneecaps look at the uh, refried beans and look at the, the, the six sense fields, including the mind as things move through there. That's where through training the mind to see clearly what's coming, what's going without the addition, you have to notice that when something arises uh, in consciousness, we add something to it. I like that. I don't like that. That shouldn't be, it should be. We're in constant uh, warfare and peace fair. I say, don't go to war, don't go to peace, take no position. As it says in the sutra, Picking and choosing is a disease of the mind. This doesn't mean you can't have a, uh, paint your house red or paint your house blue. That's, that's not the kind of picking and choosing that is being referred to. Further questions there, Mark, if you have them out there. Uh, yeah, um, Mark Bowing, uh, this is Sultram. Uh, I think you mentioned not to keep track of anything is keeping track as in keeping a log or uh, of how much I am meditating a bad idea? Thank you. No, I, I would say that's situational. And I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I'm probably not going to, if you ask me, anybody ask me any question like that is memory or keeping track. I'm, I'm not going to step into your, your um, per personal mandala of your practice and make decisions unless I'm specifically invited in, in an area. And even then I might, I might not uh, say too much. I might, I'm, I'm, I may, 
it may look to me like this might be something you should be working with not and not have my extra com commentary. I learned this from uh, the Vidyara Chogyam Trungpa, how to hold your seat, even though you're a teacher. So I would say, no, keep, keep a list. Some, sometimes that's been misunderstood and people are told to do this. Not a good idea. Not, not a good idea to tell somebody to take up a form without first finding out how they're handling forms in the first place. This is why you can't, you can't really teach this without interacting with someone. I mean, you, you can start, but in, in order to really do this, it'd be like somebody doing, to use a relative mundane metaphor, somebody doing a, a brain surgery from, uh, uh, on someone in Utah when they live in, uh, excuse me, Oxnard. I'm not saying it won't happen at some point. Technology is going to get so, yeah, maybe you can do that already with robotics. But it's still, um, it's still invented, it's still made up, it's still uh, avoiding uh, the nature of consciousness in some way. So it's about awareness, not what arises in the awareness. Although what arises in the, in the, awareness, in the awareness is how we begin to understand the way it looks here. Shoka. Shoka Bang, when we talk about rem memory or remembering something, what is the future that we remember? Yeah, well, past and future are separated and, and separated uh, so that we can nav navigate as a physical form, of course, in, insofar as that's how we're functioning. But fundamentally, past and future, time and space are illusory. Physical face, uh, space is here, of course, it's, and it's, it's in your, uh, no rhyme intended, but it's in your face, ear, it's in your ear, it's here, something is, we can prove it over and over, we can bring two, this is not sound, and that's not sound, but that's sound, that's called dependent origination, this comes together with that, and produces that, so therefore the illusion of otherness is, is in our face all the time, over and over and over again, and the and since things show up and d decay, or the, what's sometimes called entropy, then even more we think time is going by. No, it's not. Your mind is going by. And even that is uh, maybe too much in terms of a concept. More. Someone else on uh, Naisho? You have a question. Naisho Bowing. Um, when, when we are living dependent origination, are we also contributing to dependent origination? Alan? I, I don't think you can help it, but, but you don't need to just, uh, um, a simple, uh, simple teaching that I learned is don't meddle, allow things to rise and fall away. And, and I don't go so far as to say, just be with everything. I mean, although that's also sometimes used as a teaching, I would say might do it via negativity. Don't interfere with things based on hope and fear. Be, be afraid, have the fear come up. Fear, this, uh, fear arises in this old man every day. What's different about this old man from now and maybe 20 years ago? The only thing I can see is, is different is uh, there's less not Lester Scruggs, less. There's just less of a solid kind of identity about somebody going somewhere. So that emotion that comes in uh, can't find a person to substantiate, agree with, shove away, explain, or block out that. So everything is welcome. It's called environmental generosity and you can't, you can't produce it. It's unproduced. Anupataka is the if I'm correct there, Chisho, my Sanskrit scholar, <laughs> not my Sanskrit scholar, your, your Sanskrit scholar. Yeah, that was right. Yeah. Shodo. Shodo, if the negativity is already arising in us about something, are we already interfering? Probably not. If you're, if, if you're aware of the negativity coming and going, there, it has to be a practice. The way it looks, you have to actually witness that coming and and see the uh, the what was the word uh, John Roadhouse used here a while back? Futility was that it? The futility or the the 
hopelessness of being able to control anything. First, you have to go through that. The ego has to go through that passage of this. I can't do this. This isn't going to work. I've been working. I've been meditating. I've been practicing. I've been doing uh, mantras. I've been, what, in my case, worshiping the guru. I'm not asking you to do that. I don't think it's necessary. But I certainly did a lot of it. I had to. I had to do that. It's, it's situational. It's conditional. I don't think it's necessary. It might have been necessary in the 13th, 14th, 15th century in ancient uh, or medieval civilizations that function differently. But we don't need that here. Go ahead. Shokabang, when you said that you have fear that arises every day, does that still get covered up by anger or pride or other? It doesn't matter. <laughs> there's no, there's no uh, priority on anything. The only priority that I return to is be with all things, save all beings, even though you can't, even though there aren't separate beings. R return to this, return to the Buddha. 2,500 years of this going on, of this uh, incredible uh, lineage handed down, warm hand to warm hand, person to person, face to face. And it's the, and the, the, the transmission there is, uh, you could say it's invisible. You could say there is no transmission. I mean, you can't awaken uh, uh, someone who's already awake and nothing sleeps anywhere, never has, never will. And if you disagree, I'll, I'll say, well, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I could fight with you about it. Go ahead. Sure, what are we calling sleep when we see something that we think is sleeping? We're calling it sleep. We think it's sleeping. What? If you want a clear answer, you need to ask a clear question. <laughs> Don't you hate my guts? <laughs> You'll like me more and more as time goes on. And that'll feel like self-love and you'll keep rejecting it. Go ahead. It feels like narcissism, but it's not because there isn't anyone. You could say it takes courage to do anything, but there's no one who's courageous. Go ahead. What looks like sleep? Um, I bet this. <laughs> Obviously, that looks like sleep. But sometimes we actually are talking to somebody and they might as well be snoring. Because they're, they're talking out of their, what is that body part that people talk out of? Their ear talking out of their ear. That's why they don't hear anything. Because when the mouth starts up and it keeps going and going, eventually the ears get filled up with uh, reverse adverbs. You know about those, the ones with a V in the middle. Go ahead. How is loving the teacher self-love? Scary. It looks like you're going the opposite direction because you don't have the credential that you're having less and less of an ego. It's starting to look like that teacher seems pretty self-centered to me. <laughs> that's why. They, that's why they're not everybody's going to do this. Most people need to just uh, ride bicycles, uh, go to the moon. Most people need to do those kinds of things, and they're doing them. It's dependent origination. Not correct, not incorrect. It's just part of dependent origination. And a few people here and there are interested in the spiritual path. And they may do that, they may not. It's dependently arisen until it's not. Go ahead. Shokabang, does it matter if the teacher's self-centered? Yeah. You don't want a self-centered teacher, do you? I mean, how's that guy going to help you? Or that girl, or that woman, or that turnbuckle? How's that? No, no, you need to you need to be inspired by someone who seems to be working with their their ideas, their emotions in a direct, sincere, and valid way as you perceive it. But that doesn't mean that as the path goes along, that doesn't start to change. 
especially someone like Coben uh, was difficult, but not as difficult as uh, Trump or Mpache. He was completely outlandish, outrageous. I had no concern about what you thought of him. Question from Michael Reed. What is monkey mind? So monkey mind, a common way that Dharma teachers use to say that the, the mind, which is looking for this, looking for that, and isn't satisfied here and has what it wants, but then doesn't want it anymore. Uh, you know, monkeys are like that. I know about monkeys. I took care of about 300 of them, baboons, macaques, rhesus, cyanos, Af cyanos African greens. Cra they're, they're, they're incredibly intelligent and incredibly crazy because they want this, they don't want that, they want some of that, they fight with this, they fight with that, they throw their dung at each other, uh, they beat up on each other. They're, they're just wild and crazy, but they're really smart in that they are uh, clever. I had a, had a monkey by the name of Lucy, who was, a, who was a macaque, which is a ground monkey. And they're really, really smart. Their hand proportion is the same as a human's, except there's a lot more lines in them. So it's very hard, very challenging for palm readers to do mechanics. And so, but she, here's what she, um, Lucy did. This is in 1960, um, 64, 65. In uh, Falls Church, Virginia, I worked for Bionetics Research Laboratories, a cancer research place. I took care of monkeys, lots of them. And uh, so Lucy uh, was in a top cage and she, uh, and she wouldn't give you eye contact. She would always look away. You would come around and even when you would bring food to her, she wouldn't, she'd wait till you're gone, then she'd start eating the food. But she uh, was very uh, um, antisocial. And, uh, but and the cages were locked with uh, what's called hog rings. In other words, it's a, like a clamp that they use, uh, farmers use to put rings in their hogs' noses so they won't root because it hurts them to do, to do that. It's a kind of a horrible control mechanism for people who don't want their uh, fences uprooted. But that we, they would use, and I was told to use those hog rings because anything else you put in there was too hard to get unlocked. And if it was too easy for them to figure out, they'd unlock it because they were really, they didn't have anything else to do up there, sit in that cage all day long. There was, like I said, 300 of them. And um, so anyway, Lucy, uh, these hog rings, sometimes you put two or three of them on there. She somehow knew how to get those off. And I, and I, was, I couldn't get them off with my own hand. But no one ever knew how, and no one could ever catch her doing it. And of course, there weren't any video cameras then. But you would, you and she wouldn't let herself out. She'd let the monkeys, a couple of uh, African greens, one on one side and, a, and another one. She'd let them out, and they'd be running around. Their cage doors are open, and she's going. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we had we had one other macaque there, a male, but Lucy was a. Uh, of all, and the baboons are really smart also, but she was, uh, and I've got other stories there, but I don't want to go on and on. But anyway, the, the, the interaction there with Lucy and the caretakers and the other monkeys was, it's pretty amazing the way their intelligence worked. So there, we tend to think they're not doing so well because they have monkey mind, but actually, um, anyway, I don't know, probably not responding to the question uh, other than to say that they don't know what the hell they want. It changes moment by moment. They don't want this. They want that. They like this. They don't like this. They want to fight. So it's a spinning like a monkey. Whole tree full of them. Any further questions? Any further questions online? Probably everybody has to get to their next appointment. Kevin. Wait, Kevin. I remember reading a little parable about the Buddha basically saying one should contemplate death on every breath. How, how do we do that? Or how do you recommend including yeah. death in our, our practice? I think a very good question. I think we can just do it situationally because nothing lasts. Everything, everything that shows up as something, whether it's a breath or whether it's my hand showing up or whether it's a, a, a toothache or a horrible divorce we're going through does not last. It does not last. It doesn't mean that while it's going on, it isn't horrible or while it's going on, it isn't, you know, maybe your last breath coming out, but, but contemplate uh, impermanence of the, the three of the three marks of existence. That's a powerful contemplation that most people are covering up through all kinds of 
plans and elaborations and vacations and other Asians. I mean, there's all kinds of ways of just not looking at it. And, uh, and our basic being is, is threatened by anything, by, by change. And uh, those people who are completely uh, so crazy that they so crazy that they appear sane, um, we're not those guys. You wouldn't be here unless you had some uh, concerns, some considerations about the nature of being a human being. So I would say, since you asked the question, I would just say, watch what, watch whatever shows up. Notice that it goes away. I don't care what it is. You can't, all compounded things, this isn't me, this is the Buddha, all compounded things will vanish. Some in a million years, uh, some in uh, 30 seconds. Just, and it's different. And some things, notice the variability. Uh, the one I was pointing out recently was how solid a rock is. And yet, and it's a phenomenon, it's solid. It'll be here for a long time, but yet how Oh, incense smoke as it floats by is only going to be there for, you know, a minute or less and it dissolves back into the atmosphere. So both of them are phenomena, or have, a, have a, 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 a status as phenomena, but different, uh, different density. And if you take the, the granite and go deeper in density, you get to what? Black holes or other, other phenomena that the phys uh, physics people talk about. And if you go the other way, uh, you get a gradation that eventually breaks into uh, deeper levels of consciousness. We sometimes call call the intermediate state or the bardo, uh, but that's still that's just another state, uh, just on the way to the races. Not actually any races. So, and some people people that I know personally have powerful access to that state, but they can't talk to other people about it because it sounds like. Uh, they're inventing things or that they're uh, some people get onto this path because they realize that they see things other people don't. And so they stumble into a spiritual path or a shamanism or some other way of working with uh, the density of, uh, of consciousness and the lack of density. So as far as impermanence, just watch whatever shows up. The most horrible thought uh, of, uh, you know, murdering some person because you just hate them. I mean, you shouldn't do anything with that. Some people say, well, if you think it, you're going to do it. Nah, that's, that's a misunderstanding. Stop trying to be an angel. Jeez. Not just you, Kevin, but some of these other guys. <laughs> You don't have to be good. You just have to see the, the conflict, the conflict itself, see the rudiments of the, the very deep texture of the conflict and see there's no one there. There's no solid being anywhere. If you find a solid being, look closely because that solidity does not last. It can't just be, be because of the nature of phenomena coming and going, coming and going, suffering, and without a solid center or so. Yes, please take notes. <laughs> so I, I'm going to start a class pretty soon on how to remove the vagus nerve. Does anybody want to sign up for that? So you'll have no more fear about anything because the vagus nerve, you know, is that's the one that if you can just figure out some way to soothe that, I mean, you won't be terrified. Sorry, that's kind of a, not a very good, that's not very funny, is it? Is that funny? You're smiling, but you're being polite. <laughs> okay, I give up. Uh, one last question, if there is one. Use on. What is consciousness in the five skandhas? So it's just the, uh, the form that consciousness takes. The body is just, a, a, is just consciousness in a, in a particular form. Uh, the, the, other the other five or other four uh, skandhas are, are uh, different dimensions or frequencies of that same situation, except the, the physical form is solid. Is that what you're asking me? So, and that, that which arises, uh, the body is not separate from consciousness. It is consciousness. 
and this is an illusion. It looks like I'm here and you guys are there and there's some kind of distance happening. And there is relatively, but ultimately uh, nothing is separate. Nothing is different. Nothing fundamentally exists. It has to be realized. If you don't realize it, then, then, you, tie, then you tie yourself in knots and you'll tie others in knots. Uh, not you, but some people want, if they can control a lot of people, then it covers up their, uh, their vagus nerve. I mean, they, they're no longer afraid of anything because look at all the control they got. How could they be, have any trouble at all if they can control hundreds of uh, millions of people just by um, being outrageously uh, uh, self-centered? So that the self-centeredness that these millions of people keep covering up because it doesn't work socially, it doesn't work environmentally, it doesn't work culturally. Suddenly we have, we have someone who's saying, yes, it does. You can be totally like this. And these people start to resonate with that. And then you get what we call uh, the true believer, which is not helpful. Yes, Chisho. Chisho Bowing. Uh, is when you say consciousness finds its own form, I do. Is that consciousness the same as the fifth skanda consciousness? But consciousness is not something else. It's not something separate. There isn't anything anything that isn't consciousness in its ultimate sense, uh, unless it goes beyond that, which which it, it does, because even consciousness needs some space. So. And it, it can show up however it shows up. The, what it is, uh, you, me, us, we are imputing. And we're getting a lot of help from, you know, uh, some things are solid. And some things are air. Is, it looks like there's nothing here, but air is full of stuff. So the consciousness that is the mind stream or the mind or your, uh, shall we say, your awakened nature, your Buddha nature will find its own form. And that is of Buddha nature. We need to talk about it relatively. Otherwise, we, we get stretched out into things that the, the, uh, the other spiritual paths uh, want to go even further in th than that and just say everything is empty, that there isn't anything. And that's a, it's just a misunderstanding based on wanting to, con wanting to know, wanting to control. Yes, go ahead, please. So consciousness finds its own consciousness? Yes. But... Might take a while. 50 years, three months, three weeks, three days. So, or 15 lifetimes, or uh, actually it doesn't find anything. It just finds that it's never, it's never been lost. And, and it can, it can show up in a human form while you're, while you're living. Doesn't, doesn't occur often because it's not an actual occurrence because if it's an occurrence and it can go away. It, so the way I say it, and even this is relatively, uh, relatively relatively relative uh, and not ultimate, but it, you, you uncover it. You stop shutting down on your true nature. If you, you won't, if this is a gem gun control calls this and my, my words, not, not his, I don't know what his Tibetan words were, but the, the torch of certainty. If you, if you, if you see this, you're, you're certain, you're not relatively certain, you're ultimately certain that there isn't anything that can be taken away from you because there isn't anything that doesn't belong to you. Everything is yours. Everywhere you look, you see yourself. And it's not a kind of some kind of fancy uppity feeling about control. It may show up as no control at all. It's like trying to open a door with your foot. Yeah, it didn't work very well. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed out of the corner of my eye, Uno's head going. <laughs> That's how I know <laughs> when a metaphor doesn't, uh, metaphor is not, is actually more like a meta three. Okay, very good. Thank you. We can uh, dedicate the merit here in the monastery. Penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.
the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. <laughs> 